Oh 
I send uh, greetings from a small church we have in Lorain, Ohio. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Pastor Isaac Negron. It's uh, the Lighthouse of Refuge. I'm glad my mom and dad are with me. Yeah, hey. And my wife and my daughter are with me. And we get to fellowship with you. So yeah. I appreciate Brother Boyd handing me a spot. Uh, I pray that anytime you come down, brother, well, any day of the week, you got my spot. So, you know, I, we're just all brothers and sisters. We get to praise together. So God bless you, everyone. Uh, I'd like to call Brother Ryan uh, for the prayer request. Amen. But uh, Brother Richard, he had, for some reason, he had you on his heart, brother. So he sends, uh, sends greeting, Brother Richard. Amen. God bless you all. Let's stand. Let's see here. All right. For the announcements, uh, remember, of course, this weekend, the meeting, July 14th to 16th, at Brother Andre Head's church. Get the uh, itinerary if you haven't already got one. A couple updates on that. Uh, for Friday, the meeting place has been changed to Irwin Fishery Park Playground. That's at 615 Fishery Park Road, Irwin, Tennessee, 37650. Also, the time is changed to 4 p.m. And then, uh, that or don't forget the address change for the restaurant uh, after the service on Sunday at 7700 Irwin Highway. Okay. And then also, uh, Bethel Youth Camp is October 19th to 22nd. They need volunteer help in the kitchen. See Sister Rachel Canada about that. And then, uh, happy birthday to Brother Chris Traub tomorrow and Sister Gwen Silas. Uh, on our prayer request here, we have uh, continuing member Sister Laureen Garland, uh, Sister Janine's uh, therapy for her elbow coming up on the 17th. Brother Dell, Sister Anna said he's, he did well with his procedure, so we thank the Lord for that and that it was a, it was a help. Amen. Thank the Lord that he's back with us. Amen. And then also, he's walking, but and he's not hurting as bad, but right. still still hurting so keep remembering him and the Lord give him strength yes. sister Rebecca Atkins also uh, the cancer list here sister Frida uh, David Mathis Jill Fleeman Erica Parker Alonzo and brother Aaron's co-worker Jack and then also thank the Lord for keeping uh, brother Josh and family safe on their trip the Canada's the blacks brother Boyd and family and all the others have been traveling that's all I have written down but thank the Lord for brother Luis and family all right thank the Lord for keeping all them safe and little Bailey, uh, Brother Josh, Sister Leah's dog is doing better. And also thank the Lord for touching our dog. She was really bad the other day. She hadn't been eating in days, but she went to the vet today. And it was a good help to her. So thank the Lord for touching Layla. And also my grandma uh, has UTI, severe pain. She's in the ER. Her name is Marlene. Just remember my grandma. And then also the per written per request here, Brother Josh. Uh, Leah's great aunt fell and fractured uh, the back of her skull, wow, uh, praying for a quick recovery and that the family can figure out a care plan for her. So that's Leah's aunt. Uh, Sister June says, my brother Rex needs prayer for possible prostate cancer and a problem with his throat. And also a neighbor, Jeanette Bennett, high blood pressure. Okay. And then uh, Brother Donnie says, pray for Kaylee. I think it says flower. Fowler, that's a little Mark's girlfriend, inducing labor for her to have her first baby Thursday morning. That's, okay, so tomorrow morning. Pray that all will go well. 
Okay, that's all I have written here. Brother Bob, ministering for us tonight. Remember him. Got be an unspoken request. Let's all go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for letting us be gathered in your name tonight. Lord, we thank you so much for your presence here, Lord. Pray forgive us for our sins, Lord, and just help us to, to be worthy and just to receive what, what you'd have for us tonight, Lord. We thank you for it as it comes forth. I want Brother Bob's lips to speak here for us and all the other ministers and bride around the world tonight, Lord. Just minister to each of them according to your will. And bless us in the upcoming meeting this weekend, Lord. Anoint uh, Brother Wade and Brother Joel Brown and all the others uh, to be ministering for us, Lord. Keep us all safe traveling for that. Let everything go according to your will, I pray. I pray you bless uh, little Mark's girlfriend tomorrow, Lord, being induced with her labor. Just let everything go well with her and the baby. Let them not have any complications or problems there. Touch us as June's request, Lord, for her brother Rex. Lord, just take away any, the cancer or any other problems with his uh, throat and any other sickness in his body. And her neighbor, their neighbor, uh, Jeanette Bennett, with the high blood pressure. I also ask you to touch uh, Leah's great aunt, Lord, just manifest your healing in her body, Lord, and take away that pain from her fall. And then my grandma also. Thank you for keeping all these safe. We've been traveling, Lord. And uh, thank you for touching Brother Dell on his back. Continue to minister to him, Lord. Lift him up, Lord, and take away that pain. And we love you and thank you for all your blessings. We give you all the glory and honor and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. God bless you. Georgia. 
I think my parents sometimes get tired of me <laughs> talking about Georgia, but I was glad to go to Sister Peggy's house, and I'm glad to see Papa's doing good. Amen. And man, it's it's like uh, I used to go to Puerto Rico a lot, really quick. I try to be quick, but uh, I used to love seeing my grandmother and going down the hill. But now that my grandmother's gone, there's there's really no need for me to go to Puerto Rico. But here, every time I come down here, it's like going to my grandma's house. So, Brother Wade, I love you like a grandma. <laughs> God bless you, brother. <laughs> Amen. Gatney <Got> Rivers. <laughs> I love you, brother. <laughs> Amen. Your heart feels torn 
Terrence, if you don't mind coming up for the tithes and offerings. I don't know who to pick on. I think the time went away from me. completely apologize for my time. <laughs> um, I don't know if we'll have time for the song specials. Uh, let's see here. Um, let's just sing uh, Feel My Way. My daughter. Sorry. Ariana, could you come up, please? Because Brother, <laughs> brother Wade get me. Grandma. <laughs>
If we could all please stand. Let's invite a brother, Bob Black. <clears throat> um, let's sing uh, Only Believe. Only Believe? Huh? That's fine.
Sing it to him again. things are possible. What a statement. <clears throat> sure is good to be back in the house Amen. of the Lord with, with all of you, and uh, we, we really did miss you. We, we missed you a lot, and it's good to be back, and so good to see Christian, have Christian and his family here, and we just saw them a couple of weeks ago. I think it was a couple of weeks ago, just, uh, just around the bend, um, and so good to see everybody smiling faces. Um, we're going to read uh, tonight from Luke chapter 7. Verse 36, <clears throat> and it'll just be a quick scripture read. Lord God, we're so grateful to be able to gather together around your word again, Lord, and we just ask, Lord, that you'll just bless the service tonight, Lord, as we gather here, Lord. We certainly, Lord, we haven't come to see any, any particular person, Lord, but we've come to see you, Lord, and as we look into your word, I pray, Lord, that you'll open up the eyes of our heart, Lord Jesus, so that we can see you more plainly. Give us, give us faith. Increase our faith, Lord. Build us up, Lord God, so that we can, we can have, have more power in this age, Lord Jesus. Lord, we ask your blessing upon the word and blessing upon your people, Lord, tonight. That you'll just bless this service and bless this gathering together, we ask in your name. Amen. <clears throat> I want to take a topic tonight just talk about supper at Simon's house. And Amen. read Luke chapter 7, verse 36. If they could go ahead and bring that up. And it says... And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And you may be seated, the Lord has blessing to the reading of the word. Of course, now that I think this is a story that we're all pretty familiar with and probably familiar with how Brother Branham told it. But um, tonight, we just want to kind of rehash some of these things and, and talk about the difference between this um, you know, Brother Branham really exposed the difference between Simon, the one, the Pharisee that invited Jesus over to his house, and then that little right. woman that let, kneeled down at his feet and washed his feet with her hair and Amen. poured out, uh, opened up that alabaster Amen. box and pulled that oil out and poured it all over his Amen. feet. Now, that's a striking difference between those two people there. And you think about how that this Pharisee invited uh, Jesus to Simon, to, uh, Jesus was invited to Simon's house, Simon the Pharisee, and um, what a strange thing that would be for a Pharisee to invite Jesus over to his house. And that's what Brother Branham would explain when he was preaching this. He said, there's something wrong here. A Pharisee wanting to see Jesus and having to eat with him for fellowship. Yeah. The Pharisees hated Jesus. They had no use for him at all. He was right. a Beelzebub to them, a devil, a deceiver. And no Pharisee had anything to do with Jesus. He said the Pharisees set themselves against him because it didn't cope with their theologies. And you know, you really think about the position that the Pharisees had got. You know, they were trying, they were trying to do what was right, but they had gotten so wound up in their, uh, their uh, trying to uh, adhere to their set of standards and things and, and the commentary of their rabbis that they had made that they got away from the, 
what Jesus would, would frame up, that the bare, the essentials of just be, do you love one another? Are you, are you being good to one another? Do you love God? And they'd gotten away so caught up in, in tithing mint and cumin and all those different things that they had just forgot the, the, the real essence of what the, the uh, 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 a, a good walk right. b- with faith in God right. should be. And, and Jesus would often refer to a Pharisee as a, as a faker, an actor. What a horrible thing to be a, a faker. Somebody's just putting on, uh, you know, you go through all the scriptures and you can see the things that Brother Branham talked about and the things that Jesus talked about. That a faker is just about the worst thing that you can be. That just, uh, you, you know, so many times Brother Branham would say how that, we want to see real, genuine, something real, genuine. That's what the world is looking for. That, that's what God is looking for. That's what we're looking for when we come to church. We want to see something that's real, genuine, not a, not a faker. Now, now uh, uh, if you look online, you'd see the definition of a hypocrite. A hypocrite is anyone who makes out like they have higher standards or beliefs than they really do. That a Pharisee would be a real, a real good hypo- example of a hypocrite. Somebody that says that they, uh, they make, they've got all these rules and things that you've got to adhere to, all these weights that they can pile on your head and yeah. things that you've got to do. But yet, when it comes down to it, they won't, they won't even live up to it themselves. Right. Think about the state of mind you would have to be at to look at somebody healing somebody on the Sabbath and say, "Well, uh, there's something wrong with that." Uh, the, you have to be twisted in your mind and you know that's what the devil does is the devil will anoint somebody and and until they their eyes have been just covered over to where they can't really see the real truth of the thing and i thank god that in this last day you know brother Bram always told that story of how that that his mama would come and rub the coon grease on his eyes to open him up so that he could really see i think in his last day i thank god that that we've heard a message right. to open up our eyes so that yeah. to tear, tear yeah. the veil of what the devil has put over our eyes so that we can really see things as they really are. And, and, and not, just, not just see the word, but to really see ourselves as we really are. I, I think it behooves us to constantly be examining ourselves, examining our motives, examining our objectives to see, to see if our lives are matching up with what the word says. Because I, I, I don't want anything to be fake about me. And I know that you can have the same confession tonight that we don't, we don't want to be fake. We don't want to be actors. And we don't want anything even remotely similar to what... Uh, these stories that we read about, the Pharisees and all, Balaam, Judas, everybody in the Bible, we don't want to have any, any characteristics similar to those at all. Uh, and so another example of a hypocrite, they might tell you to do something one way and then ignore their own advice and do the opposite. Now, Jesus, when he was talking about hypocrites, he would always say things like, like uh, he would use examples about how being real clean on the outside, but on the inside being real filthy. Uh, and he'd say, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you make the clean of the outside of the cup of the platter. You make clean the outside of the cup of the platter, but when they are full of or, or extortion and excess, thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. And another example he'd use was the white sepulchres, white, beautiful on the outside, but full of dead men's bones on the inside. Full of dead men. Oh, now, now, let's just pause a second and really think about that. Now, to to think now, 
God, uh, there's these two extremes where you can be a real genuine Christian or you can be a real genuine unbliever. But right there in the middle is, a, is just a mess of filth. Somebody that on the outside, they look like a real genuine, look, look pretty good. But on the inside, they're, they're, they've got dead men's bones. They're just, it's just uh, uh, terrible on the inside. And that's the danger ground that God does not want us to be in. In Revelation chapter 3, he said, I know thy works, speaking of the Laodicean age, that thou art neither cold nor hot. You haven't gone right. to either one or one side or the other. You, you hadn't gotten real hot for God, right. and you right. hadn't gotten real cold. You're just right there in the middle. He said, I would thou were, were cold or hot. Now, to, what's a, what's, what can we take away from this tonight is that the religious fence where you're on the fence and you hadn't committed yourself one way or the other, that that is the worst place that you can be. Oh, tonight, if you ain't picked a side, if you hadn't declared which side you're going to be on, maybe tonight can be the side where you say, I'm going to sell out for God. I'm going to, what, what, what are we talking about tonight? We're talking about pride. I'm ready to lay it down all of my pride and lay down all of my self-will and all of my everything that I am and give it all to Jesus. And oh, if you could come like that and do like that little woman that just humbled herself at Jesus' feet and just poured out everything and broke the bottle, that's, that's the way that God wants us to come to him. No, oh, but if you're on the fence, that's the worst place that you can be. The fence is a, uh, that's, that's, that's the most terrible, horrible place that you can be to be an actor, to be a faker, to come amongst the assembly of God and say, well, I, 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 I'm, I'm acting like a Christian. I may be taking communion, doing the things that everybody else is doing, paying tithes. But on the inside, you're dead men's bones. There's something corrupt. There's something cankered on the inside. And on the inside, your character hadn't been changed. You still want to do the things of the world. You don't really love God the way that you want to. You ought to the way that he, he's, he's telling you, you you should. But you, there's something that still longs for the things of the world. Oh, there's a there's a gospel. There's a there's a word that can take all of that out. I thank God tonight that, that God give us a gospel that can change our nature and change our character so that we can be like him, so that we can walk like him and talk like him, and so that we don't have to live like the world. I thank God that that's what this message does to a real genuine believer is change them so that they ain't like they used to be. And Brother Branham would say, he'd say, you can tell, now think about this Pharisee. Why was it so strange that this Pharisee wanted Jesus to come into his house? It was strange because you can tell where you, can tell where you are. You can tell where you are spiritually by what you are attracted to. You can tell where you are spiritually by who you hang around, what kind of friends you associate, what kind of music music you listen to and what kind of literature you read and what's hanging on your wall and what's on your computer. You can tell because like attracts to like. And that's why it's very odd for this Pharisee to want Jesus in his home because that Pharisee was not like Jesus. It's very odd that this Pharisee wanted Jesus in his home. Now, Brother Brown would say a seven or eight year old girl likes to play around with little children her age. Why? Because like attracts like. A, a, a little a little child is going to want to play w around with other little children, not not with Granny or something. Not Granny might be able to show them how to how to uh, quilt or something like that. But most of the time, a seven or eight year little girl, ain't, she don't want to have nothing to do because that's human nature, and there ain't nothing wrong with that. That's just how things how how we're made. We want to be around people that are like us, 
<laughs> What's the point he's getting at it? A, a Christian is going to want to be around a Christian, and an unbeliever is going to want be around want to be want to be around an unbeliever. He said, if she follows grandma all the time now, it's either that grandma is real good to her or she's grandma's little pet. Young people like to go with young people. The young people like to hang out with young people. Little children playing in the streets, they have things in common. Their dolls and their tops and their hobby horses and things. Little children associate with little children. Young girls associate with young girls. The middle-aged women with the middle-aged. The old with the old. Oh, you, you never see crows and doves hanging out together. Oh, to think about that, that you can, if we can examine ourselves and see what kind of people do I like to hang out with? Do I like to hang out with weed smokers and pot smokers and people that are passing around dirty pictures and stuff? No, because that ain't my, that doesn't match up with my character. And the same thing, if you really examine yourself and find out what you like, what you hang around with, the kind of friends that you have, the kind of people that you associate with, the kind of people that you talk to on Instagram or Facebook, the kind of friend groups that you have, it will show, it will put on display the kind of person you are oh if you like to sit around and you talk about talk about the word and you want to you want to hear somebody tell you about the gospel and how God changed them and testify that shows the kind of person you are why because it's putting your character on display your character yeah that's the only thing that you're going to leave this world with is your character so I want to make sure that my character is right I want to let go of all the pride and all the stuff that, that you can accumulate in this world all the things that can get built up and let go of everything Everything, anything that'll hinder me, lay aside all the weights that so easily beset you and build up something that's everlasting, something that, oh, God wants you to build up joy and peace and something that'll stay with you forever and ever. And you can know what you've been building up because you can look at what you're attracted to. A crow and a dove is two different kinds of bird, uh, birds. One has one thing and the other has the other. Brother Branham would say, a crow doesn't like what a dove likes. A crow does not like what a dove likes. Oh, a, a crow can try to be like a dove all it wants, but it just can't, it just can't eat the same stuff, same stuff that a dove can. It can a, a crow can't. A crow can't love like a dove can. A crow can't forgive like a dove can. A crow can't believe like a dove can. A crow just can't do it because it ain't in him. It ain't in him to believe. It ain't in him to serve God. It ain't in him to love God with all the sin in him because his character hasn't been changed. But you take a real genuine dove that's forsaken all the world, forsaken everything that it is. Oh, it'll put on a real dove character that's on display. Brother Branham said a hypocrite and imposter, he can go to the world and affiliate with the world and act like the world and live in the world and enjoy the pleasures of the world and come to church and pretend to be a Christian, but the real Christian can't go out into the world and come back. There's something wrong. There's something wrong. <laughs> you want to be, what is it tonight, church? You want to be around people like you. You want to be around people that love God. You want to be around people that will talk about the word. You want to be around Christians because you are a Christian. If you are a Christian tonight. And if you're not a Christian tonight, there's a simple remedy for that. He said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. He said, all you got to do is look to him like they look to the brass serpent in the wilderness. All you got to look to him. It's a simple remedy if we'll just humble ourselves and lay aside our pride. Brother Ram said, show me your company. I'll tell you who you are. Show me your diet. I'll tell you your nature. It's hard for a Christian to stay in rock music. 
Now, you, you and I know, we all know that when you go to, to, to Walmart or, or whatever store you, you like to go to or you're sitting down for maybe some burritos at the, at the Mexican restaurant and they start playing that rock music, right. something just twinges it. Right. it there's something, something off kilter because a Christian don't like something like that. A Christian wouldn't be able to stand a club with their music and their dress. A Christian wouldn't be able to stand a bad environment. There's things that a Christian don't, an unbeliever don't, won't mind it. An unbeliever likes that, and they're drawn to it. But a Christian, that's not, you, you can't draw that through a thinking man's filter. So it's been filtered out by the Holy Ghost, and your, your desires and everything has been changed. Show me your diet, and I'll tell you your nature. In 2 Corinthians, Paul said, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unbelievers, and with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? In James chapter 4, he said, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? To even be friends with the world, to like the things that are in the world? In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he said, Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. It matters who your friends are. It matters what you listen to, how you talk. It matters. In Ephesians chapter 5, it says, Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. It matters who you hang around with. It matters who your friends are. It matters what you're attracted to. Brother Ram said, let me go into your house and see what you read. Let me listen to the, to the kind of music you have playing. Let me see what kind of literature you read. Let me look in your office and see if it's a big bunch of these vulgar pictures of pinups and things. And you tell me you're a Christian. I won't say nothing to you. But in my heart, I will watch what kind of fruit you're bearing. See? Because that's your dry diet. Your fruit, your life, tells you what you are. There's just something in a dove that wants to be around other doves. There's something in a crow that wants to be around other crows. Why is that? Because it's, it's nature. Nature. Your character wants to be around other things that are like you. But many times, people try to do, they try to fake their character like that Pharisee. The Pharisee is an actor. An actor is going to act. You know what? Brother Brown would use that example of people, they go to the movie theater and they see somebody on the, on the movie that they, they want to emulate and then they start trying to act like that. Well, that's the same way a lot of people try to do with Christianity. They go to church and they, they like the way a lot of people do and they like the way they dress, so they want to act, but without getting a character change on the inside. Oh, you, you see, if you just act it out, but there's something wrong on the inside, right, dead right. men's bones on the inside, a pot that hadn't been washed, but it's clean on the outside, but it's not clean on the inside, then, oh, it just messes everything up because you're not genuine. You're acting. And he would use that example of, you know, somebody trying to, trying to act like they're a good singer and they train their voice up real good until they can warble real good. But he said, I, I, he, when, he said when they're all done, everybody's mind's on the note that they were singing instead of on worshiping God. Right. I, I, I think we could all agree tonight that I, I love a song that's sung from a real Christian heart that's resonating from a real Christian experience. Somebody that's a real Christian, believe like the little special we heard tonight, somebody that's singing from an experience. Right. Not from some put on something, but they're singing from a place that they were at and where God brought them from. And they're singing from something that's resonating for a, a well bubbling up from the inside, not from something that they're trying to act out like a, a blackbird trying to put peacock feathers in. You know, Brother Bram said, birds of a feather flock together, and you know, some of the most beautiful outside birds there is are scavengers. It's the inside that counts. 
thought to think about that, that some of the most beautiful birds that you can look at in the wild are, are scavengers, are, are, are birds that can just eat anything. They're pretty on the outside, but what are they on the inside? And he would say, house angels, road devils putting on. I have to think about what a statement. House angels, road devils putting on. He said, oh, my, deliver me from being an actor. Be what you are. God will bless you. Oh, see why it's so important for preachers to just be genuine, be who they are, not try to emulate anybody, for singers to just sing sing what the way that God wanted them to sing and not try to emulate anybody else. Everybody just do the way everybody's been they were born with a with a with a gift, the way that God wanted them to be made up. And if we'll just be genuine that everything can work in a way that will prosper the church. You'll never be able to fake a Christian life. You'll, you you gotta, you got to have a nature change to live this life. Yeah. Yeah. To think about that, you look at some people sometimes, and, and you can just tell that they're just trying to fake up something. But you'll never be able to fake it. You can't fake it. you got to have a nature change. You can learn how to be a dove and stick dove feathers in, but only a real dove can be a dove. Only a real dove can be a dove. And Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name have cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Fakers. Fakers that thought that they were genuine because some spiritual things happened in their life. Maybe they saw a dream or maybe they, maybe they even had a vision or maybe they could kind of understand some things or keep up. But yet, down on the inside, they didn't have a change. And that's what we're preaching on tonight is pride. Pride is what keeps you from having a change. Pride is what will prevent you from progressing with the Lord. Pride, like that Pharisee there, Pharisee, uh, uh, where you're unwilling to just let go and let God have his way. You think about, Brother Bram would say that Simon, Simon, the Pharisee, sent a little flunky to go find Jesus. And Jesus was all tired and sweaty and going all over Palestine. And this flunky went elbowing through the crowd and staggering along. And he finally got to, you know, Brother Bram was telling this story. And he, all through the story, he would say, I see, I see. And I, now, I wonder if he really could see this flunky bumping up into Andrew in the crowd. And he said, I see Andrew taking him up close to where Jesus was where the sick and all was around. He said, Master, here is a young man from southern Palestine who has come with a message. He's come a long way, and he says it's from his master, and he wishes to speak to you. And to think now, we'd have said, what would we have said? We'd have said, Master, don't go to that hypocrite. to stay away from him, but Jesus will accept any invitation. Amen. He, he said, Jesus will always go where he's invited. Oh, to think Man. about that tonight, that you've got a promise that you'll, if you'll just invite him into your heart Amen. and just open up the door of your heart, he'll, he'll always go where he's invited. The Bible says in James chapter 4, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. And what is a double-minded man? A man that can't not make up his mind between being cold or hot. Can't make up his mind which side of the fence he's going to sit on. He's right there in the middle of the fence, but he can't make up his mind which way he's going to go. Oh, but if you're double-minded, cleanse your hands and draw nigh to God. And Brother Bram would say that courier ran away after he had delivered his message and he missed his opportunity. Tonight, I, I, if we could just kind of think about that, why, why did the rich young ruler leave feeling sad? 
Why did the rich, the rich young ruler had his opportunity? All of his, Jesus' disciples, when Jesus began to preach doctrine, they turned their back on him, but they had their opportunity. So many people had their opportunity in the Bible. But Jesus never breaks a promise. He always keeps his promise regardless of what it is. So he was going to, he was, when he promised he was going to Simon's house, he was going to be there. Because Romans chapter 2 verse 11 says, there is no respect of persons with God. I, th I thank God that there's no respect of persons with God. He doesn't care if you're rich or poor. He doesn't care if, if you've been in church for 40 years or two minutes. If you come to God with faith believing, he will come where he's invited. And they got everything ready for the feast, all of them in there entertained and so forth. And Pharisee was having such a great time entertaining a celebrity. Brother Bram said, the first thing you know, Jesus arrived, went into the house and sat down and they didn't know he was there. This Pharisee was a rich man. He could really put a big dinner on that, like, like let the poor stand and gape on if they wanted to. That's the group that would tear up the world to make one proselyte out of a Gentile and make him a twofold more child of hell than he was when he began. What was it? And Brother Ram would say, pride, pomp. There he is, Jesus sitting there forsaken. Pride, pomp. Oh, paint this picture in your mind. Jesus sitting there in the corner and a Pharisee should have been part of the most religious group of the day. Should have known to just humble himself at God revealed in flesh. But Brother Adam said it was pride, pomp. And he said pride is such a cursed thing, so awful, so evil is pride. Now, let's take a step back and think about what pride is. Brother Adam would say way back in the beginning when God made man in his image, Genesis uh, 1, 26, 27, he said God made angels. And and those, some of the angels fell, and they became fallen spirits who could come and anoint you to influence your life. And some of those spirits, he would, he, would, he would go through the seven that were cast off of Mary Magdalene, pride, boast, uh, lust, variance, all of the different things that he listed out. All of, those, all of those things, there were spirits to influence you. And he would say that's what pride is to think that a, a, a person could be influenced by an evil spirit to make them act a certain way, to influence them to act a certain way. Pride, pride, such a cursed thing, so awful, so evil, is it? He said, what a horrible curse pride is. Pride is when you say, oh, you're too good. I'm too good. To think now Saul fell because of pride. Judas fell because of pride. He thought he knew a better way to do it than, than Jesus. When he looked and he saw this little woman falling down at Jesus' feet, the Bible says from that moment, he started going in a different direction. Amen. Judas fell by transgression, by the love of money and the pride of life, is what Amen. Brother Branham said. And he said, oh, what a horrible little black devils is all pinned up in that heart of pride, thinking you're better than somebody else. Oh, to think about how horrible that is. To think that you're better than somebody else. Now, we just come through uh, the sixth month of the year, which the world has designated Pride Month. 
to think about what a horrible thing in the sixth month, that month of man, that, 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 that they designate, carve that out aside to celebrate pride. And here Brother Random is explaining what an evil thing pride is to elevate yourself up to where you look down on somebody else and think that you're even greater than the word of God. What is pride? Pride is the reason that it's so hard to face our mistakes. When we've got a problem and the, the preaching of the word goes forth and begins to, begins to hit that, the pride will rise up within us and say, if it's there, pride will say, oh, well, you, 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 you start making excuses and start making reasons why it doesn't apply to you. Pride is the reason that it's hard to own up to our own failings. Pride is why it's so hard to say I'm sorry. A proud father won't be able to tell his family, won't be able to tell his wife or his children that he's sorry. That thing that rises up when they... When they, mention, when they mention people and, and thanks or whatever, pride is why somebody can't say, I love you, I, I forgive you. Oh, Amen. Come on now, y'all don't draw up on me. I'm preaching about life. Y'all don't scare me tonight. Pride, pride will raise up when somebody suggests a different way. Why don't we go this way? And a pride will rise up. Pride, pride, what is pride? Pride is the reason we get offended. Well, so many times we want to make excuses for being offended, but the reason we get offended is because of pride. We think that we're above being preached on or above somebody trying to correct us or above even maybe somebody making fun of us. The reason that we get offended when somebody makes fun of us is because of pride. It's pride. But the Bible says in Matthew chapter 11, blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. That was a forgotten beatitude. You're blessed if you will not be offended at the gospel. You're blessed if you can go into Walmart and not be offended when people laugh at you like they did when we were coming back from, from uh, Kentucky. And people openly, there was a group of people in the store, you'd hardly believe this, sitting here, that openly laughed in the store and my little family because they wore dresses. But we're not offended at that. I thank God that I got a little family that's got enough backbone that they can walk proudly through the store and not be offended because they're dressing like a Christian and living a holy life. In Proverbs chapter 13, it says, only by pride cometh contention. If you want to have a good fight, get proud and not listen to somebody else that's trying to help you out. Only by pride cometh contention, but with the well-advised is wisdom. In Proverbs chapter 16, it said, pride, pride goeth before destruction and in haughty spirit before a fall. And pride, pride is why people offend. Pride is why we're nasty to one another. Pride is why, because we think we know a better way. Pride is why Balaam tried to sway the children of Israel because he thought he knew a better way than God himself. Pride is why people offend. And in Matthew chapter 18, it says, whosoever shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. It would have been better for Balaam to never even try to offend the children of Israel than to lay a stumbling block in front of them that would cause those little sheep to stumble. Oh, you think it's easy to offend a little sheep. A little sheep is a sheep. It's got the character of a sheep. It's not going to strike back. But Brother Brown said in, in Revelation chapter 10, I actually pulled this from the notes for that sermon that I didn't get to. He said, what that, this scripture means is, is not do them any harm, just even to bring offense to them, just upset them about something. 
it'd be better that you had your own self drowned or had never been born on the earth than even to bring an offense to one. In other words, you really think that one of these little children of God, the least of them in the kingdom of heaven, is the tabernacle of God, that God is dwelling them in, in, that, little, in that little person. So you're better, you're better off dead than to put a stumbling block in front of that person. You're better off dead than to take a little, a little, a little child of God and say, well, it's, it's okay. To, to drink some wine and then you see that person get pulled over with a DUI or get thrown in prison overnight, right, their, right. their life ruined. It's right. better, better for you to die. It'd be better off dead than to put a little right. stumbling block right. in front of a believer like right. that. Amen. You're better off dying a horrible death than to cause a little believer to stumble, Amen. to trip and fall, to call somebody to shirk their spiritual duty, to seduce somebody to immorality, to speak evil. To give a little, a, little, a little sheep, to give them some drugs, get them caught up in something. Yeah, on, You're better off dead. Yeah. Yeah. Brother Ram said, when you find a believer that really believes with signs following and you see the humility of their life, not an impersonator, know that they are a Christian, a real genuine article, just keep still. Man. thing you ought to do is join right up with them, start moving along because you're moving right up the king's highway. Oh, that's what the world wants is to see a real, genuine believer, somebody that can humble themselves and not be lifted up with pride. In Hebrews chapter 10, it says, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. To think this, this afternoon that your life can be an influence and your words can be an example to provoke one another. Your actions can set a path. Humble people will restrain themselves from offending others. Humble people are eager to forgive. Humble people recognize their weakness. Humble people reject honor as unworthy servants. Oh, if we could just humble ourselves so far down that you can receive a true rebuke from the least little Christian. Pride is inflated sense of self-worth. What is pride? I've got a right. I'm better. I'm sufficient. I'm sufficient in my own, my own doings like Balaam and Judas. Pride, what is pride? How you feel about that thing that you don't want Jesus to touch. Now, that's why we're getting real quiet this afternoon because we've all got things that we just we feel like are off limits. And maybe I'm hitting on something that tonight you feel like is off limits, but it ain't off limits to God because God wants us to mold us into his image. Uh, that Romans 8:29 says you were predestinated to be conformed to the image of God, of the Son of God. And so if you want to be conformed to the image of God, there's always things that got to be shaved off. And one of them things that's got to be shaved off is our pride. Oh, to if we could really examine ourselves and examine our motives and as we're doing things and going through life and, 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 and things, things hit us and prick us the wrong way. If we can realize what that is, that, that's something that we need to get rid of. Oh, that we can keep moving up toward that capstone. Pride will make you self-centered. Pride will make you, 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 when your needs and your desires and your achievements have to have priority, you're, you want the focus to be on you. Pride will make you boastful where you got to have constant validation and recognition. Right, right. Oh, 
When you gotta have gotta get all them likes on Facebook, or, or ministers have to have a bunch of people pat them on the back after they preach a sermon. What do we need validation for? Our confidence should come from the Word of God. We we shouldn't need constant validation and constant recognition. Pride will make you not care about others, where you can't see somebody else's viewpoint and won't be willing to sit down across the table from them and talk to them. Pride will make you resent others that threaten your position or threaten where you are. Pride will bristle up when somebody says something you don't like pride says I'm more than fine the way that I am the way that I am is good enough Judas and Balaam and Cain the way that I am is good enough it's going to be my way or the highway pride will make you treat somebody differently based on how they treat you in Proverbs chapter 28 it says to have respect of persons is not good for for a piece of bread that man will transgress to have respect of persons. You know what that means? That means if somebody pats you on the back, you treat them real good. If somebody doesn't tell you they like you, then you treat them bad. But, oh, that's, that's something we got to get rid of. Everybody's got to be treated the same. Isn't that what Billy Paul said? The greatest miracle he ever saw was his dad. You could not tell who his enemy was and who he loved. or You know, you couldn't tell. I, I, that's the kind of life that I want to live is where you can't tell. Not to be a respecter of persons. Pride will have you going out of your way for, to, to get some popularity. In James chapter 2, it says, If you fulfill the law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, you do well. But if ye have respect to persons, you commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. If you have respect to persons. Because of pride. Pride will make you seek out popularity. Pride will make you seek out the claps on the back. Pride will keep you from raising your hand in church. Pride will keep you from saying amen, and pride will keep you from really worshiping the way that God wants you to worship. Oh, you ever watch an evangelist come through and he'll get, the, he'll get somebody to really break through? What are they breaking through? That pride. They're breaking through where they just don't care about what anybody else thinks. And that's when something begins to happen. It didn't something happen when that little woman got down at Jesus' feet? And Brother Ryan said she got out of order. She got out of order when she broke that oil all over Jesus' feet. And something happened. What happened? Maybe she didn't, some, uh, a great big light or something didn't appear. But I tell you what she did get. She got her sins forgiven oh you get out of order and get get rid of all that pride a little bit something's going to happen you'll get your sins forgiven and you'll find out your character and your nature's been changed and you're not acting like a crow anymore you're acting like a dove because god will do something for you when you lay down your pride lay down all that stuff that that's keeping you from from being a real christian brother i'm gonna say pride feels just like a little just a little complex you have Oh, you don't want Jesus to touch that because it would degrade your social standing in the community. I'd rather degrade my social standing in the community than to rub my name off of the Lamb's Book of Life. But they won't let him in. That little pride holds him out. Oh, you see how bad that is? Pride is a devil. It's an evil spirit. And that's the thing that's keeping him, keeping a lot of us from having a real blessing. It's pride. It's the thing that keeps the spirit from breaking loose in the church. It's 
It's pride. It's the, keeps, the thing that keeps us from really fellowshipping with one another is pride. Respect your persons to one another. I'll fellowship with this person because I like him, but not with this one because he's, he, he's got something that I don't really like. Brother Brown said, you want to look like the Joneses. You want to act like your neighbor, but God wants you to act like his child and get away from that pride. And I don't care how much you draw up on me tonight. I'm going to preach it. I don't care how much you sleep tonight. I'm going to preach it because we've got to get away from that pride. If we'll wake up, we'll see what God wants for us to receive in this hour. He said, pride, pump, there he is, Jesus setting forsaken. Why was he setting there forsaken? Because of pride. He said, there sat Jesus with dirty feet. Oh, it does something to me when I say it. Jesus unnoticed, unnoticed. Jesus with dirty feet made a gazing stock after being invited. He said, they strow the streets and young ladies go forth with flowers and they bouquet the sidewalks and hang down the flags with every sign of welcome. But when Jesus comes to town, he has to stay in a little mission somewhere because crazy, holy roller. Oh my Jesus, them feet that was soon to be pierced for the sins of the world set with dust and dung, uncomfortable. Oh, to ask ourselves tonight, would you be willing to make him comfortable? Would you be willing to do something for Jesus? Now, I'll tell you, you know, you go around to different churches and things, and I think one of the, one of the most uncomfortable things is to go to a church and nobody will come up and greet you and nobody will say something to you. I, I, uh, I'll, I'll just say recently, this is probably a terrible testimony for a preacher to say, but I actually avoided a church, going to a church, because I had been there in the past and it just was such an uncomfortable experience. It was, it was, it's terrible when you go somewhere and now to think about Jesus sitting over there in that corner when the party was going on and, and everybody's laughing and joking and everything and nobody would go talk to him. Nobody would go humble themselves to think now, would you be willing to wash Jesus feet or would you be afraid somebody will see? Now, see what a, what a strange thing it is that even in this day and hour that we're living in, people are afraid, ashamed to wash one another's feet in communion. Uh, Jesus said, Peter saith unto him when they were washing feet, thou shalt never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, if I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Why did Jesus wash feet? Because he was showing our example of humility. Showing to the God of the universe, the God that had created 10,000 worlds and solar systems and universes was willing to get down at the feet of another disciple and wash his, his dirty feet that were caked with the mud and the filth of the, of the, of the, of the road. Pride, pride always wants the highest place. Pride always wants the best for themselves. Pride always wants to lift up. But humility, humility will take what it can get. Now, there's the real definition of what humility is. Humility is going to take, if all you can get is crumbs, that's, that's what I'm going to get. If you can be like that Greek woman and say, I'll, I'm going to take some, like the Syrophoenician woman, I'll take the crumbs if that's all I can get. If you can be like Lazarus, Lazarus, the Bible says that he, was, he slept in the gate and the dogs come and licked his wounds and he was sitting there eating crumbs with the dogs. If that's all you can get in humility, that's what you're going to get. Humility, humility is going to take what you can get from one another. That's why the Bible says, why not rather suffer yourselves to be defrauded? Sometimes things don't go your way. Sometimes things are different. But in humility, you're just going to take what you can get. Brother Brown would say the flunky meets you at the door and the Palestinian 
in the eastern country and says, goes, goes to one of the wells and draws him a good, great basin of good clear water. And he removes your sandal or your shoes, sets your feet up across his knee and washes all this dirt and dust and dung and stuff off your body. And then he takes another towel and wipes your feet and he washes them, sets them down. And then he takes your sandals and sets them up on a little mantle-like, sets them along like this at the door of entrance. Then he goes over and he finds a pair of fine satin silk slippers. They're soft. That's the compliments of the host. He does that. He has them sitting there. He put them upon your feet until he finds one that fits you comfortably. Then he passes you into another place, and then there's a man meets you there at the door, and he's got a little basin in his hand, a little pitcher-like, and you take it and pour some of the oil in your hands. And now that oil is made of very fine spikenard. And now spikenard is made from this plant that they take it and they grind it up into powder. And, oh, you think about the type there, that they grind it up into powder just like Christ was ground up for us and well, as he died from the cross. And he said, there's a bush that grows in Arabia. That they, uh, this, this spikenard, this oil was so expensive. Brother Brown would said, how did Brother Brown know how much that she, she spent for it? He said she spent 180 denarii on that oil. Now, normally in those times, 300 denarii a year was the average wage. So that's a lot of money. That's why Judas got so bent out of shape and pride looking at, I think it, it, it tells us in the Bible that he said, why couldn't that oil be sold and given to the poor? The money be given to the poor. He's speaking out of pride, not understanding what was really happening here. So many times we fail to understand what's happening because we look at, this, at the situation out of pride. <laughs> now, Jesus, Brother Ram was explaining the situation, the, the story. He said the rich didn't want him, the clean didn't want him, the religious law keepers didn't want him. But while he was sitting there on the outside in the street, there was a real bad woman in the town, a prostitute. Then James chapter 4, verse 6, it says, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. God doesn't want somebody proud, all proud, lifted up. They're not going to be able to find their way to him. In James chapter 4, it says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Amen. That's how you want it. That's how you go higher, Amen. is get as low as you can. Amen. Now, I, I know sometimes it seems like we're just kind of harping on these things, get as low as you can, but that's because it works. Right. You get right. as low as you can and not try to lift yourself up, and right. God will be the one to lift you up. Right. Proverbs 11 says, When pride cometh, then cometh shame, but with the lowly is wisdom. The lowly, somebody that will just be like a little sheep and allow themselves to be led. That's why Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Sheep, not some wild animal, not a theorem beast that can't be tamed, can't be trained, but just a little sheep. In Proverbs 21, and high look and a proud heart and the plowing of the wicked is sin. Now, that's the kind of woman uh, that, that came, that, that saw Jesus through the window or through the door or the lattice or saw him sitting there with somebody that, uh, despite her background, she she was willing to humble herself and get out of order. And as Brother Brown will explain, do whatever it took to get to Jesus. Oh, if we can just do, if we can have that kind of perseverance. That's why he preached that message, perseverance. If, you, if you're willing to do whatever it takes and not stop seeking, not stop reading, not stop coming to church, not stop until you get an answer from God, you'll find something will happen. Now, now to, to think now, this little woman was a prostitute. She had a horrible background, a terrible background. And maybe around the room tonight, we could say we've, we've got similar backgrounds. But right. Brother Brown would say, you say, Brother Brown, I'm no prostitute. 
He said, I don't altogether mean sexually. Prostitution's on a higher level. You can, now think about this now. You can prostitute your time. You can prostitute your own selfish motives going around saying, well, I belong to this church. I'm better. The Holy Spirit will speak to your heart and you'll say, I want nothing to do with that. Now, if you can prostitute your time, you can prostitute yourself to material possession and wealth, consuming all of your focus. You can prostitute yourself to celebrity culture. You can prostitute yourself to the entertainment of the world. You can prostitute yourself to power and success. What good does it do if you got money in the bank and don't have God? But, you know, if you're that kind of a prostitute where you sold out, you're who the gospel was for. The gospel was for the broken and the miserable and the destitute. I'm so glad that we can testify of how God delivered us. I'm so glad that we can testify of what God can do to us, somebody with a miserable, messed up life. And I, I want to say to you tonight that no matter what your past is, Jesus can change your future. Just like he changed the woman at the whale's future. Just like he changed this little woman's future. When she rose up there to think that all of her sins, all the things that she had done, when she rose up from there, her sins were forgiven to her. Let me skip ahead. I, I really don't want to keep everybody late tonight. I know it's, I know it's Wednesday night. Psalm chapter 34 says, The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Psalm 51 says, O Lord, open, up, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Now, to think that that little woman coming through looking, looking for Jesus, noticing that he had been forsaken, nobody wasn't tending to him, that that is what God wants, is a broken, tore up heart, somebody that's been through some stuff. Uh, I think if we look back in our lives, we can all remember when we were down in the valley, down going in the midst of the brick kiln, sitting on the ash heap, whatever you would say. And that's where God, God allows us sometimes to get to those places because he wants us. He wants us to get to a place where our heart's broken so that he can use us. And he said the first thing you know, she finds herself rubbing his feet, rubbing his feet, and the tears just pouring down. He said sparkling water coming from her heart. There sit that alabaster box, and the first thing you know, in her hysterical condition, her hair fell down. The curls dropped down, and before she knew it, she had her hair wiping his feet with the hair that was on her head. He said, what a mess. What a mess. I thank God for messy preaching. Thank God for messy praise. I'm so glad tonight for a messy religion. Thank God for a mess. When you were born of the water and the blood, you, were, you come through a mess. Thank God for messy births. It's a mess. Thank God for messy prayer. Why is it a mess tonight? As we'll be closing here in just a moment. Why is it a mess? Because all your pride's gone. 
your pride. You laid that pride down and you're willing to do like that little woman. Whatever it takes to get through and pushing through everybody, going and standing at the, the judgy Pharisee selling her that oil over the counter, judging her as she leaves. People said as she left that little store, people were pointing at her and, and wondering what she did in that store. Judgy, 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 but it's a mess. It's a mess to get to Jesus. It's a mess when something happens. It's a mess where you can where you can let go of your pride and let go of your order and let go of your starch and just love God. Just love God. Then it's a mess. He said she wasn't caring what them Pharisees were saying. He said, did Jesus draw back his feet and say, you mustn't do that? No, sir. He perfectly held still. And all these things happened. And then finally, Jesus spoke. And we'll end on this as the musicians come forward. It says in verse 39, when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, this man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of man, woman this is that touched him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I got something to say unto you. And he said, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman since the time I came in hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou dost not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, thy sins are forgiven. Now you think about that, that because she was willing to lay her pride down, her sins were forgiven. I think as we stand to our feet, I think it's such a striking thing to note at the end of that sermon when Brother Ram preached the message, Pride, he pulled and he pulled and he preached his heart out and he had a little altar call and he asked anybody that was willing to lay their pride down to stand to their feet. And he preached and he preached and he preached and at the end of that sermon, he said, I look everywhere and I don't see one standing. Not one person at the end of that sermon was willing to lay down their pride. Lord Jesus, we thank you tonight, Lord Jesus, for your grace and for your word, Lord, that's been delivered. And I pray, Lord, maybe tonight, Lord, there's somebody that tonight on the way home, maybe there's, they're staring up at the ceiling, Lord God, that maybe they'll realize that they need to lay some things down. Lord, if we can just come to the place, Lord, we're willing to just get so humble like that little woman, Lord, that Jesus said they'll be talking about her for the next 2,000 years. And here we are still preaching about her little story, a little woman that was willing to lay down their pride despite all of the background, despite all, the, all of her past, Lord Jesus. Lord, we're just so grateful, Lord, for this kind of a testimony of what laying down your pride can accomplish. Lord God, maybe there's somebody here tonight, Lord, that you're pulling to, Lord Jesus. Lord, as we cast in the net, Lord God, I pray, Lord, that you'll reach out and prick, Lord, whatever heart you need to prick, Lord Jesus. Lord, you promised, Lord, that your word would not return void. You promised that it would accomplish its purpose. And Lord, we're trusting tonight that it'll accomplish its purpose, whether it's here in this little building or maybe out somewhere on the airway, somebody streaming in tonight. 
And I, I want to encourage, Lord, tonight, Lord, as we close in prayer, Lord Jesus, that if there's somebody that's, Lord, their heart is pricked, maybe watching in tonight, if they kneel down beside their bed in humility, Lord, I, I thank God that we've got a God that will answer back. I thank God tonight, Lord, that you'll answer back, Lord Jesus. When, you, when we reach out to you, Lord Jesus, you just don't just stand there with your arms folded looking, Lord, but, Lord, you promised that you're a God that, it's still touched by the feelings of our infirmities. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Let's sing something to him. And then we'll turn this service over. I know y'all don't know me too good because I just go and just get in my truck and leave, you know, but uh, I want you to know that I got, I suppose everybody knows I got stopped for DUI. I was drinking. I want everybody to know, though, that I wasn't coming and, like, just baking it, you know, that I am that I left here and went and drank, uh, you know. I just had uh, it. A little at a time, it built up, and I was actually right across the railroad tracks here when uh, the temptation hit me to go get beer. I'd been wanting to come to the Bible. It was Saturday. I'd been wanting to come to a, a Bible study for quite a while, and something just, you know, my living conditions, like I leave here, I go home, you know, I stayed with my sister, and I would have to go past the 12-pack of beer, you know, the, the cigarette ashes and stuff. You know, so it was like, you know, finally it just ate me up, and I fell, and I, I do have pride, I guess, you know, and stuff like that, but I've, uh, I don't, I'm not around a lot of Christians, and I wonder why, you know, that I don't want to, because I've always desired to have a church family, you know, but then I get a church family, and I don't know what to say to you, you know, so, but, uh, I, I just want you to know that I do appreciate you, you know, and that uh, I'm going through a battle right now, you know. So I just lost my sister, you know, and, was, uh, and uh, I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to go home tonight to a uh, bad condition, you know. uh, and uh, it's, uh, I guess I'm afraid to talk to people because then you'd, I'd have to tell you all this eventually, you know, and it's a, and, you know, so, but I want you to know that I love all of you, and I want you to pray for me, and I'll pray for, I'll pray for y'all. Amen. Uh, okay. Thank you. That takes real humility to stand up and say that. We sure love you, brother. Appreciate that. Let's, let's, let's sing it. Keep singing, and I'm going to invite Brother Wade to come on up here, wife. Oh, 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 oh. 
repelling off of a off of a rock and his, he got his rope tangled up and it was it got dark he couldn't see so he got down to the end of his rope and it was dark and he said a voice kept saying or, or the story goes a voice kept saying just let go he hung on the voice said just let go well they found him the next morning froze to death and he was that far off the ground. He didn't obey that voice. He should have just let go and he'd have hit the ground about two feet down below and he would have been rescued. Listen to that voice. Let go and let God have his way. Let's sing that one more time. Let go and let God have his Let go of things. Hard to let go of your kids, isn't it? Let go and you put them in God's hands, brother. George is hard to let go of things. Let go, buddy. You're fine.
That's hard to do. It's hard to let go and let God have his way. But you know what? God's perfect. So if you let go and give it to him, it's going to be a perfect result. But we just don't do that. We try to keep it to ourselves. That's wonderful. Let's give Brother Baba another hand. That was goes right along with what we've been preaching on brotherly kindness because if you got pride you sure don't have brotherly kindness i promise you that amen <clears throat> all right i know we're getting ready i want to thank my my, my great grand my grandson <laughs> for uh, no don't touch me uh, my grandson <laughs> we love we love them all he did a good job tonight didn't he <laughs> We appreciate the family coming. And that song Sister Ariana wrote, she wrote that song. So that was, that came from her heart. It did. It really came from her heart. She wrote that little song, and we sure appreciate them. Sister Millie and Brother Eduardo, family. That's all, family. Just familia. That's all. But we're, that's, that's, uh, that's my grandson's mama and, uh, and, and, and dad there. So, uh, we appreciate them coming. They took some time off from the, uh, upholstery shop. And, and, um, I said, Millie, how did you get away from the upholstery shop? Cause they're very, very busy. She said, put a sign on the door. And what was it? Oh, an ocean. Yeah. A picture of an ocean and says, we're gone. <laughs> That's the best way to do it. We're gone. We're out of here. But they're going to be with us for a few days. They're going to go visit the aquarium tomorrow. So just pray for them. They're going to downtown Atlanta. So just pray for. I'm not telling them anything about it, but they're just going. To, they're going to go. So, uh, but pray for them. Thank you for for coming and and sharing. But we got coming up this weekend. We got we're going to Brother Andres. Remember that there was a switch in the uh, in Friday. Now it says four o'clock, but you know, it, it, when we say start, that that just means that we'll be there. Because there's no, there's nothing going on Friday except fellowship and food. So just come whenever you can. I've got a list uh, of people that are going to be there. Uh, Sister Rebecca, AJ, and your mom. Friday? Okay. You'll be there Friday. So I need to write that down. Okay. Some of them are coming Saturday. Brother Luis, Tim and Esther, Charlotte, Kathy, and Sister Milka are going to come on up Saturday. So just uh, come and be with us. We appreciate all of you coming. I'll get your rooms ready. And then when we get up there Friday, June and I'll be there early Friday, and we'll go ahead and go and get your rooms, the ones that we can, and I'll have your room assignments. Pretty much everybody's staying family to family, uh, except Brother Donnie, Brother Boyd, and Thomas will be staying in one room together, and Ruth, Barb, Sister Barbara, and Janine will be staying in the room together. So other than that, all the families will be together. So we sure do appreciate the participation of all y'all coming. It's kind of like going to Ohio this time last year. You know, about it's been a year. Yeah. And we all got in a bus and went up there and invaded Ohio, and it ain't been the same since. <laughs> Neither have we. Yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, for the good. Amen. But just remember that whatever time you want to get up there Friday, that's fine. But at 4 o'clock, it'll, uh, it'll be at that new park, which will be there's a... Uh, uh, we were there many, many years ago, and it's a fish hatchery. Actually, you can see trout and things that are growing in different different stages. So we sure appreciate you you going. Uh, when we get up there, make sure that we help and ask, what's the question we're going to ask? What can we do to help? Because there's only a few of them up there, and 50 of us are going. So um, we sure do. And like we pitched in with the Ohio group, you know, they weren't a big group either, and we all kind of pitched in and, and helped. So we... Uh, we appreciate that. And remember, Brother Bob will be here preaching Sunday. He's coming back here. Uh, so he'll be here Sunday morning. Some of you that are not going, please come and come to church because we're not closing church down. 
we're going to have church where Brother Bob will be speaking at 10 o'clock, no Sunday school. There won't be any video that I know of because nobody will be here. The technical people will all be up there with us. But we will have audio. Josh will be here, and we'll, we'll have the sermon recorded, and you can get it. Brother Joe can put it online on audio file. And, uh, and I appreciate the ones that are coming here that's going to Brother Mike on different ones that's going to help here. So we appreciate that. We will not be here until, I mean, be late Sunday before most of us get in. Um, we'll be uh, having service Sunday morning. So just pray for us. If you're not going, pray for us. All right, pray for the service because it is a service on Saturday. Brother Joel Brown will be speaking for us at 6 o'clock. And other than that, we'll have festivities for the, for the kids, young adults, during the day at that Methodist Fellowship Hall <clears throat> starting at 10 o'clock. So it'll, it'll last all day. So we appreciate all of you. Uh, thank you again for, for participation. Also, remember, if you're going to the farmer's daughter, all right, if you're going to the farmer's daughter, it is cash or check only. They do not accept debit cards or credit cards. So it's $20 plus tax plus tip. So it'll be around 30 bucks a piece. All right. Is everybody with me? Don't try to give them a card. They won't be a, you don't have to wash dishes for $30. Okay. At $10 an hour, that's three hours. So uh, uh, bring cash or a check on Sunday, and you will be responsible for any of your other meals that you eat outside of the venues. Everybody understand that? And your gas and all that. So uh, we're going to try to be there Friday about lunch, but that we'll be there to help them get ready. You can come anytime, get in a car and just come on Friday. Uh, and then Saturday, I know some of you that are, that are coming up that are be pushed for time. But really, the service is at 6 o'clock, and I'd like for all the youth uh, to be there and, uh, and participate in the uh, service. Brother Joel Brown is a wonderful brother. He's a wonderful singer. He goes to Brother Donnie Reagan's church there, a little bit above where we're going to be. So let's just pray also for Brother Andre and the, and the sisters and the brothers that's going to help get this thing together because they're pretty much putting it all together for us. So let's just remember them because it, it is a, a big effort to get all this together. But we will be paying for your room, so we'll have your rooms ready when you get there on Friday and Saturday, and we'll give you your room numbers, <clears throat> and we will go from there. So if you have any questions, call me or our sister June, and we will be able to try to answer your questions. There will be continental breakfast, so you'll have breakfast there at the Comfort Suite in Johnson City, and you've got your addresses. If you don't have this piece of paper, you need to get one because this is our itinerary except for the new place that we're going, which is still just right there in Irwin. It's not very far. So, uh, um, like I said, call us if you need anything. If you can't come, please let us know real quick so we can maybe consolidate the rooms and the rooms won't be so expensive. They're giving us a good rate, but still we're going to have to get about 15 or 16 rooms. So that's a pretty good pretty good chunk. So we appreciate Brother Dale always for letting us be able to do this and taking a little bit of the burden off of us financially. Amen. Not all of it, but financially try to take a little bit of the burden off by getting your your room. So just uh, keep us in prayer and we love you with the love of the Lord. We thank you for coming and uh, good crowd for Wednesday night. I heard you were preaching. <clears throat> and good to see the, the group from Ohio. They're, they're behind the camera somewhere. So uh, they were... Uh, streaming in so good to have them and we will let you go back <laughs> temporarily 
And Millie and that brother Eduardo, they're gonna find a place to live here, so we we'll want to from the pulpit. <laughs> we went to Helen today and they said, oh, this is pretty. Yeah, it's pretty. It's a tourist trap though. We're gonna get you away from it then, and then we can go visit it. So we had a good time, went to Anna Ruby Falls and walked up that thing and saw the, saw the uh, falls, so we had a good time. So uh, we love, like Brother Bob said, it, listen, if, if you don't like fellowship, then if you're, that, that pulls, that makes pride. If you're too prideish to fellowship, there's something wrong. You're hiding something. Come on, birds of a feather. I mean, lambs, we all, were, if, if, you, if you go heading out towards somewhere else, I'm just saying, you're hiding something. Let's just be all family, all the time, every time. Brother George will struggle with you. We're going to struggle with you. I know it's a struggle. It ain't happy. It's a struggle, but he called me not too long ago and, and told me about all this, and, and we just want you to pray. We all stumble. We all fall. But you know what a good soldier will do? Get up. He's standing there, isn't he? He's standing right there, isn't he? Brother George, we're with you every time, man. Doesn't matter. Devil's the devil. As long as he opens his mouth, he's lying. So we don't like him, and I don't care if he likes me. Right? So you just tell him that when you get when you get down and say, look, devil, I got a bunch of lights. There's a lot of light. L-I-G-H-T-S. There's a bunch of lights that's praying for you. So help drive back that darkness. We've all been in that spot. I want everybody to raise their hand. Just had problems in their Christian life. Well, you're not lonely. You've got, you've got people around you that's going through the same thing. Not maybe the same thing you are, but we've all went through something before. So we right here with you, buddy. We're right here with you. I appreciate somebody that can come back here and admit admit that they're having problems. All right? Because a lot of times they don't. They keep and hold it in their self, and you don't know how to help them, you know, because they don't tell you. Well, you know, just let it out. What have I been saying? Let it out. Amen? So let's let it out. And let's go have a good time in, in Tennessee. And for those of you that's going to be here, you'll have a good time with Brother Bob. So, like I said, no Sunday school. I'll start at 10 o'clock. One service on Sunday. Brother Bob will be speaking. And then we will have one service on Sunday. I'll be speaking for Brother um, um, Andre. And then we'll go eat at the farmer's daughter. And then head on back home probably 7 or 8 o'clock. We'll be back home. So, Lord bless you. Anybody have any questions about what we're, you know, where we're going? You should have everything right here, and you should be able to put all that in your in your GPS and and make it. So any anything? No. Okay. All right. No, it's got to be. Can't be until three. All right. It's got to be three. Now we're going to get there and help and do all that, but we'll go to the rooms at three o'clock. And I'll start getting them all ready. So, if that changes, we can just kind of let everybody Yes, if I can get there by 12 o'clock or 1 o'clock and she says y'all can come on, I'll send everybody a text or WhatsApp and tell you that you can come on and check in. But normally it's 3 o'clock. And then check out is normally at 11. But if you check out at 11 on Sunday, you've missed service. Amen. <laughs> you've missed service. So don't wait till 11 o'clock to check out on Sunday. All right, so uh, it's about 10 or 15 minutes from where we're going to be, so so just uh, just keep that in mind, too, when you're leaving. But, yeah, I'll let everybody know if, if you can come in early. That's about 15 rooms. I doubt they're going to be all ready, 
Uh, there is a softball tournament during that weekend. That's why the rooms are a little more expensive and there's not many of them in certain places. We've tried to get in the block, but this lady has really tried to help us and um, rooms are at a premium, so it won't be deserted. Uh, we'll be like Brother Bob said, we'll be, we'll be hanging around a bunch of demons, but that's okay. That's all right. They're out there, we're in here, okay? Amen. But you know what? Shine your light. Open the door for them. Tell them God bless you. Right. You know, walk around with skirts and, and long hair. Yeah. Amen. Right. Show your light. Let it shine. You can let it shine without coming right here. Right. You're actually going to let it shine more because you're going to be out there Amen. in the world. So let's sing one more song as we dismiss. God bless you. Good to have Dad with us, man. Come on. Amen. Fill my way.